0: Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show. I'm your host, Coach Cahill. Today's guest is Todd Wolfson. Todd Wolfson is a high school varsity basketball coach at St. Francis High School in the L.A. area. In this conversation, we talk about the privatization of high school and youth sports, how to tell the difference between a fake offer and a real offer, and also look at some of the success habits of Coach Wolfson and what's helped make him an effective coach. Enjoy. If you have a second, please try to leave a review on apple itunes it really does help spread the word for us Um, and also we have started to post our show notes page a bit more robustly so be sure to hop on over to our website coachcahill.com hit podcast and then you can check out all the cool stuff we talk about in our episode thanks okay
1: cool yeah
0: all right cool um so in basketball coach what is the biggest misconception or or the biggest problem that, uh, college recruiting faces?
1: I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of it, you know, um, the first one I think that's that's, you know, in an imminent future is, um, you know, the necessity to go to a prep school and not play high school basketball. You know, part of my worry is that eventually high school basketball is going to, going to fold, you know, in in the next couple of years, because either AAU, um, you know prep schools. You know USA Basketball takes over and does some some type of camp, kind of like how the Europeans do. You know soccer and stuff like that. Um, so I'd say that's that's that that's definitely one. I think you know Instagram and and Twitter and all those things you know help, but don't help. Um, kind of get the, the, the game of basketball to to kind of improve and sometimes to do the opposite and kind of make it tough for kids to have some type of realization of what's real life and what's not real life. Um, that makes sense a little bit
0: yeah for sure i mean and it's interesting with with football this past year at least um, Uh in the northeast i'm sure you probably saw some of it too in california because the politics are pretty similar in both those regions but um what we saw for the first time with basketball was that okay now there's there really wasn't a chance to privatize high school i'm sorry high school there really wasn't a chance to privatize high school football because it's such an intense season but now you see um, you had leagues in the fall, you had leagues in the springtime that were played Mm -hmm. in parallel with Mm -hmm. high school seasons. Um, are you worried that basketball will just become completely privatized?
1: I mean, you know, I don't want to say there's, there's a worry, you know, I think there's still something to be said about, and you know, anyone who's played high school sports, they know, um, you know, there's still something to be said about the, the bus rides and there's still something to be said about the cheerleaders and there's something to be said about the you know, the, the guys or girls that played before you, um, and hearing from alumni and, you know, um, there's that side of high school sports that I think will never be, um, you know, out of, out of the game. Um, I think that's something that, that kids look forward to. And there's that alumni presence that, um, I I think is extremely important and, you know, guys always want to have their their Sunday morning coffee and talk trash about their their high schools teams that are doing well and you know oh you know the football team I used to play for is doing great now and basketball and vice versa so I think you can't really get rid of that side of um of, of high school sports I think that that'll always be there um, you know um, I just think that there's there's starting to be get there that that upper echelon kid that top one percent kid might be um, we might be losing him soon to an AAU private you know, kind of circuit. Um, and then obviously kids want to do what other kids are doing and try to find some way to financially profit off of that top 1%. Um, it might trickle down a little bit. I just still feel for the imminent future, we're, we're still good um, in terms of high school. And uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't really hit us too, too soon, too fast. So,
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, you know, especially looking at the, the transfer portal this year, for Mm -hmm. um you know certainly for college football there's 5,500 kids in that and I think for basketball there's uh, proportionally there's even more guys in there Uh um I think there's like 2,000 guys and the teams are significantly smaller right um do you what do you see as maybe the biggest misconception you have to clear up for families and players on college recruiting for basketball uh, of the kids that you coach
1: yeah I mean I think there's There's a couple things. Um, and I think that's, you know, a lot of it's driven by social media. You know, I get a lot of all the times, like, you know, there's no way that guy just got offered. Um, I think the first part of it leading into that is like the uh, quote unquote, fake offers. Um, I think a lot of times offers, yeah, I think a lot of times that, that not only messes with the kid that's receiving the offer, it also messes with the kids in their little circle, um, who don't quite understand why they're not receiving that offer. And then you get a lot of um, you know, doubt and losing confidence and things like that. You know, I don't understand why he got an offer and I didn't. I'm quote unquote better than him, and a lot of worry about other people when we should obviously be worrying about ourselves more um, than anything else. But um, I think that's that that's a huge huge problem in the recruiting process is, is those fake offers. Um, and then this, the the second part is that, is that you know, and I think Coach Mosley talks about it obviously a little bit. Is that is that you have to play Division One basketball and and that's your only route to success. Um, and sure, Division One basketball is fantastic. We we want to get our kids to the highest level we can possible, but we also need, need to start doing a better job of teaching kids that Division Two, II, Division Three, JUCOs, NAIAs, they're great places to play and get an education. And um, you know, I I tell my guys all the time, basketball is going to stop bouncing for everybody someday. Um, use it, use that basketball as long as you possibly can, and maybe you can get you can get into a school that you wouldn't be able to get into based on your grades and. Um, find somewhere that, you know, you're financially going to be, whether you're getting a scholarship or you're getting some financial package that not normal, the, the average person or, or student would would be able to receive, you know, use that as, at, at, as best we can. So I think constantly having kids understand that it's not, you know, D1 or Bust is I think a, the probably the second biggest misconception that we're we're having nowadays.
0: Sure. And, but that's, I mean, that happens at, in every high school sport, going into college. I mean, you have, a guy, you have a lot of young athletes who put a lot of their self-worth into who they are as a player. For sure. um, and then, you know, to suddenly be told, you know, you're, you're not D1, um, you know, it can be a bit of an identity bust for at least a little bit. Um, hmm. And I guess, how have you seen, and, and certainly not helping the situation, are things like Twitter or Instagram? Right. And I guess you could kind of call it the you know, the college basketball industrial complex, it's like, uh-huh. yeah, there, there's college basketball, but then there's like a multi-billion dollar uh, marketing and media and a you know, private coaching industry grafted onto the back of it. That's kind of pulling these families and players in all sorts of different ways. Right. Um, what are some suggestions that you have for how to see through maybe some of the, you know, the, the misinformation out there
1: for families yeah. and players? Yeah. You know, I think there's a, there's a, I was having a conversation with my coaching buddies the other day. um, And it was, it was an interesting one, you know, how people talk about, you know, networking, networking, get as many people as you can in your circle, Um, you know, know as many people as you can get, get, get to know as many people as you can, you know, all that stuff. And that's great. Um, And then there's the other side of the coin, which is like, keep your circle small, you know? So people always preach both things, you know, how, how do you keep your circle small while also networking and trying to get to know as many people as you can. And I think we try to tell our kids, you know, you have to try to find the, the, the difference between both um, in terms of recruiting and in terms of your direct process. I think you do need to keep your circle small and you need to find one, if not two people that you can trust that are going to lead you to, to success. And it's an all in process. Like if you trust your high school coach, like you got to trust them, and that, and that means with trust them with your development, trust them with your, with your, your, your basketball, trust them with your recruiting. If it's your AAU coach, great you gotta trust them, you know, and now you can't flip around and and, and join a new team or join a new A AA coach AU coach or um, you know, so I guess keeping your circle small is important, but you know, I think trusting those those one or two people that you really need to who have done it before, I think is important. You know, everyone wants to sell you something and tell you something that's gonna benefit them. I hate to say it in a certain way. Um you know I'll selfishly say it all the time. You know, I love watching my guys play in college, you know, it's selfish, selfish for me, but I really, really enjoy it. I think that's fantastic. I'm going to push them to go play in college. Sometimes I have kids like coach. I'm not sure if I want to play dude, go play, go play, go play. Um, You only get one shot at this. So finding people I think that are in your circle that are going to push you to the right direction that you can trust and just kind of sticking with them is an important thing.
0: Sure. And, but I think too, that you're, you know, it comes from a good place. Um, You know, certainly, basketball sports in general they are certainly things that can you know prop open the window or the door a little bit wider for kids who might not be up to stuff academically for certain schools for, for um, sure. and um yeah i mean and i think it you would like ideally every every coach in high school would like their kid the, the kids that they coach like okay if you don't play a college sport let it be because you chose not to not because you didn't right. have the opportunity
1: to right for sure
0: um and going back to what we were talking about with kind of these private leagues um, and the transfer portal, not mm-hmm. that high school has a <laughs> has an official transfer portal yet, but it almost seems right. like there's there is almost a growing need for states or governing bodies to step in and create something because obviously right. you have these, you know, no tampering rules that are ultimately unenforceable. Right. Um even you know, whether it's a league where recruiting is allowed or a league where recruiting is not allowed. Um, I mean, have you, is, is high school, like, it almost seems like there's high school sports free agency after every season, or if a kid doesn't like a coach, they're just, oh, let me just go transfer to the district over, or let me go to a charter school, or, you know, I'll just go to this prep school. Is that something you've noticed too? Like kind of this, like the rise of just being a transfer kid all the time.
1: Yep. I've definitely noticed it. Um, I think we all starting to notice it. And, it and it goes back to what I just said in terms of, for me, it goes back to trust. Like, I feel like we just don't trust as many people as we used to back in the day, whether that's because there's been bad people that people hear stories about or what. I mean, even people go to doctors now and all of a sudden, you know, they need second and third opinions and people hear, you know, they get advice from a from a surgeon and they go Google to make sure it's right. Like people just don't trust people anymore. And I think that's a huge factor. So I try to tell parents like, you know, if I get a reach out from an eighth grader or a seventh grader or something, you know, who comes in an open house or sends an email or, you know, know i'm interested in your school like hey great go do your research you know find out about our school go find out about other schools like find the coach you're gonna you're gonna trust find the school you're gonna trust for the next four years and try to understand that like once you figure that out and you've done your homework like just whatever the coach and 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 school does believe in them be all in with them um you know you chose them for a reason uh obviously it's hard because people want that instant gratification but you know i think that's the kind of the best the best way to say it. And I hate to you know, go back to the trust factor, but I think it just all relies on, we just don't trust people anymore as we used to.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at baby boomer generation, Gen Y or whatever it was before. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you grew up, you grew up with three to four news channels. There's mm-hmm. three to four talking heads on TV who you generally trusted. Um, now you go from, you know, a, a few trusted gatekeepers of information In the nineteen, you know, in twentieth century to now, like everything is utterly decentralized. We are our own experts. Um, I mean, you can see this with COVID. I mean, as a great example. I mean, people were so extreme, left or right, they fell off the edges
1: (laughs) of the whole spectrum. Uh One hundred percent.
0: You know, some people think it was the apocalypse. Other people think it was a hoax. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, and and it's unfortunate because there are those. You know, there's the occasional really terrible coach, or there's the really, you know, the occasional terrible teacher that kind of gives everybody else a bad name. And, you know, if you're a parent, you're probably a millennial, you probably saw nine 11, you probably grew up during Columbine. You probably felt the pinch of the 2008 stock market crash and you just lived through COVID. So I can empathize with that. But at the same time, like you said, you know, there's such a need for like these benevolent or benign, uh, you know, adult figures, mentor figures in your life as a young kid who are not your parents um, I, I can't, 100%. I'm sure you get, I'm sure you get this too. Like you probably get parents every day that come to you and say, he won't listen to me if I say it, but he might mm-hmm. listen to you say it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you get like a whole, you'll get like a whole script before a practice some time. days with a kid. Um, yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think also too, like once parents and players can kind of think once they feel that trust or that buy-in, like, you know, that's probably your, the, what's keeping a lot of people on your roster, honestly. Um, right
1: right and i think part of it too you know when I, at least when i was growing up like you went to the high school that you were you know that you uh kind of lived in the area you lived in um yeah. i don't feel like it doesn't happen like that anymore now people have way more options and private schools can do more and public schools have open enrollment so you can go to a school that's not in your you know not your district or whatever the case may be and i feel like you know i i try to tell parents as much as can Educate yourself early. You know, start looking at high schools in sixth and seventh grades, you know, early so you can start to build the rapport and build trust in the school and the coaches. That way you're not having to have your kid, you know, move around two and three times sure
0: yeah yeah and there's um you know there, there's definitely studies that, that correlate to kids moving around from school to school and you know to you know certainly academic issues or you know not mm-hmm. feeling like you fit in and whatnot and it's almost like kids become kind of like transient uh high school free agent athletes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you I kind agree. of wonder and you, and you kind of wonder like like who's dragging these, these kids around is it them or is it their parents you know trying to chase something but um but, for sure. You know, we, we have a lot of coaches listening. And so what, what's the piece of advice that you, or I guess, what's the biggest mistake you typically see young coaches making?
1: I think, I think the first thing is, you know, um, and I did, I definitely was, was one of them. Um, my first year I got my, my first head coaching job at 22 um, and I was trying to win the championship right away. You know, that was my goal is win, win today. Um, and we all got to realize like now 15 years into it, it is not easy to win. Um you know it's hard. Like it takes time, it takes effort, it takes failure, it takes, you know, winning and losing. It takes the right team. It takes obviously culture and things that 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 take time. And I think as a young coach, you're so worried about winning right away. Um, when I think the number one most important thing is like be yourself. Do you like get your culture right, get everything right, and and winning will come instead of doing it the other way around, is trying to win early. Is build your culture, set lessons. You know when kids show up late. You know, bench your best player, you know, set standards, set expectations, do all the things you need to do as a coach, worry about those things instead of worrying about winning so much. Because as we all know, once you, once you do all those things, winning, winning will come. Um, And I think that's a huge, important lesson that it took me a while to learn. So. Mm.
0: Gotcha. And, And then maybe when you were a new coach starting out, what was, what was the biggest mistake you made? And then how does that influence how you coach today?
1: Right. I think I think the biggest mistake was, you know, was trying to be their friend. Um, you know, I think that was a huge, huge factor for me is trying to please everyone and trying to be their friend. You know, you can't you can't be their friend. Uh, you can be a mentor for them. You can be a, a father figure or a mother figure. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. You know, I tell my guys when we're inside the lines, you know, you're, it's, it's OK if you don't like me. Um, you know, my goal is to get you better, to push you to your limits, to challenge you, you know, X, Y, Z, when we're outside the lines, you know, I want to be there for you. I want to support you. I want to joke around with you. I want to have a good time. Um, and I think finding that separation, um, as a coach is, is, is hard and it's, it's important. You can't, you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to please every player. You're not going to please every practice. It's okay. If some days your players go home and, and they don't like you very much. And, you know, um, as long as you're challenging them in the right way and pushing them to the best, you know, best players they can be, I think is an important important thing for a coach. And it takes takes time to figure all that stuff out.
0: Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, and so um, we're coming up on time here because I know you, you only got a little bit of time. No worries. Um, what what might be you know i love book recommendations do you have any books or or resources that you recommend for young coaches maybe in basketball or really any sport that Mm -hmm. you found impactful or helpful to you
1: for sure i know it's a probably a cliche book because everyone i don't know if everyone reads it now but at least i always recommend it is the inner game of tennis um don't know if you've read that one tim Galloway, Um, yep yep I mean, probably the book that changed my life in so many ways and just how to look at things and how to interpret things. You know, I don't want to give too much away um, about the book, but just unbelievable and how it kind of shaped my life as a coach and how it shaped, you know, how I think and how I look at things and um, was a complete game changer for me. And I highly, highly recommend it to any coach that's looking to get started or just kind of see things in a different light, you um, and, 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 you know, I don't want to give it, like I said, I don't want to give it too much away, but it's a phenomenal, phenomenal read.
0: Yeah. And he's cool too. He'll actually email me back. Um, I think Oh, he, really? I don't, yeah, yeah. So, but he, I think he, he used to do a lot more seminars and speaking. I think some, mm-hmm. I don't know if he had throat cancer or something, but he, oh, he wow. definitely, he's had some issues speaking. But, um, but yeah, very cool guy. He'll, he'll get back to you. There's, have you ever read uh, Golf's Not a Game of Perfect by Bob I Rutella?
1: I have. Yep. Good one, yeah, too.
0: Ba- yeah, basically same vein as Intergame yep. of Tennis. Yep. Um, any other books?
1: Um, I like that one. I'm, what are, I'm reading um, a couple right now. I've, I've just read the um I'm trying to blank on his name. The uh, Coach of Mississippi State now, Your uh, Sword by Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. I'm reading that one just because I think I – just i I'm just into different and interesting. I think any coach that does, does something different, I'm always into, um, you know, not saying that that it's uh, right or wrong, but I just feel there's too much copy and repeat coaches, you know, everyone's going to mm-hmm. run simple offense or run the flex they're going to run, you know, I want to be different find some ways to be different I think he's he's good at that and I always tell my guys being a little quirky is okay and definitely Mike Leach is one of those that can be a little quirky so.
0: Yeah, I think he had a, like a Twitter thread with Elon Musk going for a little bit with uh, memes yeah. back and forth. So that, <laughs> it's, it's always pretty interesting. For um, sure. Any any resources that you you found helpful as like a coach, whether it's like an app or, uh, or a platform or something that you used to stay organized?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Twitter is a huge one for me. Um, I'm very big on Twitter. I think it's a good way to get kind of small bits of information out, um, you know, and just reach out to people. Um, I think that's a huge resource that I was – you know, I try to, you know, coaches is always like, you know, I, I don't want to reach out to him. I know everything. I'm going to be this tough guy. Like reach out to people that can help you. You know, it's okay to ask for help. And, you know, we're learning through finally through um, a lot of like the mental health awareness stuff. Like it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for advice. The same thing goes for coaching. It doesn't just have to be for, for, you know, mental health stuff, you know, Hey coach, like, I like what you do. You know, it's okay to compliment somebody else. I like what you do. You know, can you teach me how to do that? You know, what'd you do here? How can- how can you help me? You know, things like that I think is important. And Twitter is one of those spaces where it's super easy just to DM somebody or shoot them a message and, and find a conversation, you know, kind of similar to how you and I kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Just just reach out and, and, and it can't hurt. And worst somebody can say is no. And I think it's a great way to, to kind of learn.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, especially the mental health side, too. I mean, you know, mo- most people are a lot lonelier than they probably appear. Um, For sure. I think especially men, especially young men, the guys that you're coaching. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there's a great book by Norena Hertz, it's called the lonely okay. century, but okay. based, she's a, she's a college professor in England, but long story short, she was just trying to figure out, um, you know, why kids don't seem to have as many friends these days. Or, you mm-hmm. know, if you, and I'm, and I'm wondering if, have, like, have you ever experienced this where you're trying to like call, maybe you got a car ride to kill and you try to call a couple people, like nobody picks up, but they'll text you back yeah um yeah you know like like she so the whole book goes into things like that like this what is this gradual deterioration of like togetherness um yep. but 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 that's a really cool book too and then last question um you seem like you're pretty well thought out like you have i think most head coaches have to have some type of a philosophy and um mm-hmm. you're very you're very reflective um what do you have any reflective practices that you do daily or weekly like uh journaling prayer meditation I know everybody's a little bit different but do you, do you have anything like that where you can kind of take account of what happened during the week?
1: So, I mean, I guess the two things that I do um, is I meditate twice a day. Uh, I meditate as soon as I wake up in the morning, um, spend about 10, 15 minutes, just kind of either thinking or try not to think. Um, I know it's kind of a, a, a cliche thing, but I think sometimes it's better just to sit and try to get your mind to not think about anything. And then there's days where, you know, I kind of want to just organize my thoughts and get myself ready to go. Um, Then I usually meditate when I get home from work, Um, just 10 minutes, kind of plug myself from coach mode to, you know, uh, be there for my girlfriend, be there for my family, you know, kind of thing and make sure I'm not in coach mode. Um, And then the second thing I do is I keep, I, you know, obviously have a practice plan every single day. I keep those practice plans. Um, And at the end of each practice plan, I take notes on the practice, how it went, things I can work on, things I can improve. Um, And then I write those down in my practice plan. At the end of the month, I type them all up, all the notes I need to work on. Um, and then when I go back the following year, so like next year, I'll go to practice one and I'll look, oh, hey, you know what? This didn't work. I talked about writing this. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned we should, you know, teach screens, setting screens a different way. I have those notes written down and then I'm constantly improving those practices because the, the, then this year, I'm taking the notes that I had from last year and then I'm adding new notes from this year. So I'm kind of just constantly evolving my practices. So I have practice one through, you know, a hundred mapped out um, with notes that we're improving on each day. So, um, I think that's kind of the the best of my reflective processes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, and do you, yeah. and that wasn't, isn't that something that, that coach Wooden used to do or yep. I know he was, he was yep.
1: pretty meticulous
0: himself. Yep. Um, so who, I guess, like, who's your coach? Do you have like yep. a, a formal or an informal mentor that, or a group of people on your like coaching board of directors that you go to for guidance and wisdom?
1: yep I have a, well I have a really really good friend of mine. He's actually my assistant coach um, for a long time. He uh, is a little bit older than me. His name's Cornelius Holden. Um, he played at the University of Louisville um, under Denny Crumb, who was John Wooden's assistant for a long long time at UCLA. Um, so I get a lot of my information from him. Uh, we talk probably twice a day um, every day. Uh, just about basketball, about life, you know, the stuff he's learned and his knowledge for the game and how to think the game is so, I I feel is very, very superior. Um, So I take his advice a lot. We're constantly bouncing ideas back and forth. And I think it's good to have someone like that as a coach, especially as a younger coach. It's, it's great to have a person who's been through the trenches and who knows things, who knows things, you know, I didn't really play too much college basketball. So he has those insides on, on, on the stuff like that. And he's, he taught me a lot of the lessons that I, that I, uh, run with today.
0: Awesome. And well, Hey, we'll cut it there. Um, but cool. yeah, appreciate you taking time to, um, to hop on here, man. And, um, of course if you have to ever anything I can do to help you out or, or promote awesome. anything you got going on, like more than glad cool. to
1: help. Thanks. Thanks, man. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Where, uh, where are you out of?
0: Uh, Connecticut.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: Yeah. Cool. So I don't know if you've ever been out this way, but they are, they got some really good pizza here. I'm from New York originally. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, really good pizza out this way. If you're ever out here.
1: I've been to Bristol once, to ESPN once, so. Was, oh yeah, oh, that was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, Bristol,
0: Bristol is an interesting spot. You got like the whole Aaron Hernandez thing going on there, and then like yeah. you've got the ESPN like right down the road. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it is cool. So uh, yeah, if you're ever cool. out this way again, you know, for we'll sure. be glad to catch up with you.
1: Sounds good. Awesome. I appreciate it. anything you need from me. Let me know. All right. Thanks, Coach. Enjoy your puppy. Cool. See ya. All right. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment.